I'm shook. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to our newest episode of Holly Shook. I'm Ryan. I'm joined today by the lovely, the gorgeous, the a little bit sick, hasn't been sick in two years. Armin, how are you? I'm great, Rye. Thank you for that detailed introduction. Well, like everyone always says, like, I never get sick, but then like has a cold for for like two and a half months, me being one of those people. So yesterday when we were talking and you're like, oh God, I have a, I'm coming down with something. I never get sick. And I'm like, well, you do get sick because you're sick right now. Okay, to be fair, I didn't say I never get sick. I said exactly what you said in your intro, which was I haven't gotten sick in two years, which is accurate. All right, well. Can we be accurate, Rye? Can we just be accurate? Well, you know how I do with like time. So two years is never to me, okay? (laughs) All the same. That is quite on brand for you. You're right. I know. Fast forward two years into this podcast and I'm going to be like certifiably an idiot. But hey, it's part of my charm, you guys. The irony is that this podcast is about us knowing things and telling other people about what we know. To be fair, there is one thing I know about. It is pop culture, movies, television, celebrity. scandal. And scandals. Well, I can't wait to hear what yours is today. So this one's so random. I say like, I I feel like I say it so random every time. You do. At this point, it's not random. That's just what you do. Obscure scandals. To be fair, this one actually is so random. Um, I didn't even know about this. Like, I had never even heard an inkling about this. And I don't know who told me to do this. I was... Um, yeah, how'd you come across it? I don't know. I have no idea. I, I was texting with some of my friends who I told about this podcast. Shout out to y'all. My bingo girls, you know who you are. And I swear it was one of them who told me, but then none of them, you know, took the took the pride and take what I don't taking know the credit the, I don't know yeah take the credit there you go <laughs> take the pride um and I thought it was one of them but I guess it wasn't I have no idea who told me about this um scandalous so that's a scandal in itself maybe I dreamt it maybe it didn't even happen um <laughs> did you do any research or is it just based on it's is it an oral retelling I didn't know I actually did research on this and it, it's so random that there isn't even really, like, one solid, like, piece on it. Like, I, you should have seen me. I had, like, seven different tabs up. No way. You had seven tabs up? I know. That's, I like, looked, quadruple the amount of tabs you normally have up for your research. Right. I usually have half a tab up. Um, <laughs> but I looked like a really serious, like, studier guy. I actually went to my gym. I just joined a rock climbing gym. And they have I've Wi-Fi. been enjoying your rock climbing on, on IG stories. <laughs> it's actually been one of my favorite contents this week. <laughs> I know. I've become a rock climber, which is like sore random of me. Um, I feel like such a such an idiot and a jerk when I go. I'm like, yeah, I'm going rock climbing today. Everyone's like, so oh, fucking God. pretentious. Yeah. They're like, wow, one more reason to hate you. Um but they have like um like a sitting area and Wi-Fi. And so I've seen people be there on their computers like working. So I was like, okay, I need to like go exercise. 
but I also need to do my research. So I'm just going to go do my research at the gym. So then I can't. So it's like two birds, one stone, two birds, one rock, if you will. (laughs) I hated that. I think the only thing that could supersede the douchiness of working or writing a script at a Starbucks is working and writing a script at a rock climbing gym. That's ridiculous. Oh, no, no. I'll one up you. It's doing research for your podcast. That is the douchiest. It's peak douche. Yeah, that's actually way worse than writing a script at Starbucks. So I looked super, like, intellectual. But then if you really looked at what my tabs were, it was just different, like, People Magazine, like, Us Weekly, like, two Wikipedia pages. So, like, nothing intellectual about it at all. But I looked very smart. And everyone at the rock climbing gym now thinks that I'm like a super genius. They're like, oh, Rye is such an academic and an athlete. An ath- I'm a student athlete. <laughs> I never could have said that earlier in my life, but now student athlete. I'm so blessed. So should we do the guessing game? I think it's time for the guessing game. The guessing game. Ooh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Hannah Montana, changing scenes. Okay, Thank so you, Miley. Uh, I miss Hannah Montana. I was actually thinking about doing a Miley scandal, but I feel like it's just too fresh still. Save it. Yeah, and I'm like too personally invested in Miley's career, so it's going to be held off for a day where I'm really just fiery. <laughs> so this is... I was telling you earlier, it's not really specific to one event necessarily per se. It's more of like a general scandal about a celebrity, but I'm going to focus on kind of one one part of this person that kind of exposed Mm. more about them. Okay. So So someone gets exposed. Give me a give me a time frame here. Oh, God, why do you have to start with a time frame? Um, Because I know that's your weakest skill set, and we have to get that out of the way. Okay, so we can only go up from here. Exactly. So it involves a marriage. I love this. What's the time frame? It involves a marriage is your answer. That's not time. You didn't let me finish. (laughs) It involves a short-lived marriage that occurred... I guess we can do short-lived entire relationship that occurred only between October 2008. I almost said 18. October 2008 and ended in June 2010. So barely two years. Not even two years. So is this actually 2008 to 2010 or could it be like 1993 to 1995? I just want to confirm. It was 1872. Um <laughs> And it's actually about Charlie Chaplin. <laughs> I don't know when he was alive. Um, no, actually 2008 ended in 2010. Um, two, involving two actors. Okay. Um, you're never going to get this. Like, there's no way you're going to guess this. And usually you were like the worst and you always guess it with one clue. But this one's so... Like, out of left field. You're not even going to understand. Are they not A-list actors? No, they're very A-list. It's not like Brad and Angelina, but they're, like, well-known actors. You know their name, household names. 
was their relationship kind of under the radar or was it a relationship that a lot of tabloids focused on? No, very under the radar. I would, I would think so. The main, um, like bulk of what I found out about this was from two interviews that took place at some point in time. (laughs) Um, I want to say it took place maybe like the interviews in like 2000 and like 11, 2012. So like a year or two after the relationship ended. And can you give me one movie on the IMDb or can you give me one movie in their filmography? Um, Yes. So they're mainly known for television. Okay. Both of them. That that Um, changes things. I was only thinking movies. TV. The man is very well known a very well-known comedian. And the woman is a very popular, more dramatic actress. Okay, I had an idea, but that doesn't okay. fit anymore. So she is in a extremely, 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 extremely popular television show right now that only has two seasons. She became very famous for another TV show. Nicole Kidman is one. No. What? She's like a movie star. Yeah, you're right. I was thinking Big Little Lies. Oh, okay. I was like, what TV show is she in? Um, <laughs> her show that she became famous for was started in 2007. You got to give it, me a name here. Huh? I'm struggling. You got to give me the na- name of the show. Okay, so she became very famous for Mad Men. Uh, so, and she's on Handmaid's Tale. Yeah. Elizabeth Moss. Yes. My queen. I love her. I never watched Mad Men, to be fair. Are we doing a Scientology episode, Rai? No. Okay, I was like, I have to brace myself mentally for this. No, no, no. I Please, I'm the last person who should be dissecting Scientology. I was like, we need to get a lawyer on retainer here. Yeah. We need to enlist the services of Leah Remini. Oh my God, lovely remedy for no. some protection. Like I was like, okay, we need we need to brace ourselves here. Um, no, I was gonna touch on it a little bit, but I didn't even. I decided to just cut that whole part out. <laughs> but yes, Elizabeth Moss, she's a Scientologist. Who is she and, married to? So he is a comedian, well known for Saturday Night Live, and also well known for his own sketch comedy show. Very goofy. Very, like, weird. Like, weird actor. Weird, like, plays weird roles. His sketch comedy show is, like, I don't know if it's, like, technically sketch comedy, but... um, Give it to us. Give it to us, Ray. I'm doing terribly with this. At least I got Elizabeth Moss. (laughs) Yeah, well, I told you which show she's on. Um, Fred Armisen... Oh, wait, what? I know. Fred Armisen was with Elizabeth Moss? And with a lot of other people. Also, what a a misdirect saying that these two were A-list. They're not A-list. I never said A-list. I said very well-known. Okay. If you, like, watch TV, you know who they are. Sure, yeah. But I, I was thinking that. like Sean Penn's, like I was thinking super A-list in the beginning. Once again, still don't know who Sean Penn is. Um, 
and like also I said television. Yeah, so eventually, I like, yeah. I feel like already t- putting on as a television star is making them not necessarily like a list, a list. Like, sure, they're top of the line like television actors. Like you, everyone who watches TV knows who Elizabeth Moss is and Fred Armisen. Yes. Okay. So moving on from what level of celebrity they are, <laughs> um, just a quick little runny downy of their careers for people who are not familiar and live under a rock. So Fred Armisen, he originally actually wanted to be a musician. Mm-hmm. He does music. I think he's in a band. Um, and he dropped out of college to perform or to pursue music. He's raised in New York. He actually moved to Chicago, shout out, at age 22 to play the drums in a punk band. And he also was part of the Blue Man Group band. What? I don't think he, he was a blue I man? I don't think he was a blue man. I think he played the music for the Blue Man Group at some point. Oh, okay. I don't know. I still don't really get what the Blue Man Group is. Um, so I cannot go further into detail on that because it's very confusing to me. Um, so he randomly was like, I'm going to be like a musician or something. And then I guess he was like, I just want to like perform. And he essentially just wanted to be like famous. And somehow or another, he started appearing on late night talk shows as like a guest comedian, you know, they'll bring people in. And he did that for a couple of years, which led to him being cast in SNL. And he was like a featured cast member for two years. And then he got moved up to a main cast member in 2004. And he is so funny. Hilarious. He is truly so funny. I really want to go and watch Portlandia. Right. Portlandia is the other show that I never mentioned. I've, I've uh, only seen some sketches, but from what I've seen, he is so funny on that show. Same. I've never got super into it, um, but I've seen it enough to know that it's good. <laughs> um, so he was on SNL for 11 years which when he left, he was tied for the third longest running cast member of all time, which. um, That's impressive. Yeah. So 2015, he left. There's no freaking way. Oh, wait, I guess um, 2013, he left because that's 11 years after 2002. Um, Dates, time, math. Well, he. All your strong suits. I'm doing great. (laughs) So, and then he, um, Portlandia debuted in 2011. He does it with Carrie Brownstein, who's a famous, who was mostly well-known for being a musician at that point. And I just found this out, actually. Portlandia just ended this year. They had their eighth and final season in March. What a run. Eight seasons. What a run. Um, And then apparently he also is the band leader for Seth Meyers' TV show now. Really? Also, did not have any idea. Is he there yeah. nightly? I guess he is. He's the leader, and he's like very like plays it very deadpan. Apparently, classic um, Fred Armisen. Total Fred Armisen move. So he's also done, by the way, like a million guest appearances. He was on one episode of New Girl, and he was hilarious in that episode. I don't know if you remember it. I know you were a New Girl fan, but I watched the first four seasons, and then I stopped. Um, I feel and you like call I was, yourself a fan. Well, it was a whole thing. Like I 
was in college and then I don't know. I just own it, Rye. <laughs> I couldn't keep up. Um so that's Fred Armisen, huge fan. So I'm apologetic to anyone who doesn't know the darker side of Fred Armisen. <gasps> this is definitely involving it's about his personal life, the scandal. And he doesn't have a great reputation, you guys, unfortunately. Right. Are you about to ruin Fred Armisen for me? Yeah, I freaking am. And what about it? Yeah, I got deep into some of this stuff, and it's kind of scary. Um, I had heard like inklings about his reputation, but like, who am I to have any say on if anything's true? He seems like such but a sweetie from afar. He does. So he's not is essentially the thesis statement of this podcast. Um, and then Elizabeth Moss, as we all know, is an iconic queen. I just started Handmaid's Tale, like, in the past month or so. Oh, my God, it's so freaking good. But I, like, get depressed every time, so I can't really binge it. It's a tough show to watch. It's brilliant, but it is heavy. Yeah, I usually watch, like, an episode a night. And by an episode a night, I mean, like, an episode a week because you know how little TV I can keep up on. (laughs) But it's so, so good. And I didn't really know her before this. I had known who she was just because she's well-known and famous. But I didn't really know. I don't think I had seen her in anything, really. So a little bit about her. She was born in L.A. Her parents were both musicians, which, like, I don't know. My parents were like a nurse practitioner and like a police officer, which I feel like is so like suburban. Yeah, it's like that's so classic Americana. Yeah. Like, where's our white picket fence? But like, <laughs> I don't know. I always am just so interested in people whose parents were like artists growing up and then right. they're artists. I wonder if it's like some genetic thing. And this is a very musical couple. Yeah. Well, she doesn't really. Well, okay. She didn't do music, but. She actually studied to be a professional dancer, I find I found out. And she studied ballet at the School of American Ballet in New York City. And while she was doing ballet, she kind of started getting like little side acting gigs. Um, which is like so casual. Right, quickly. We don't need to go deep on the Scientology stuff, but were her parents Scientologists? From what I remember, she was raised in a Scientologist household interesting okay but do not quote me on that also don't quote me on anything ever (laughs) y'all might as well just toss this podcast to the side facts facts wise listen but (laughs) anytime i speak just take it with a grain of salt you guys um so she started playing like small roles and then her kind of quote-unquote big break she was playing like the teenage daughter of I don't know why I wrote these. Oh, I do know why I wrote these actors' names down. So apparently she played the teenage daughter of Martin Sheen and Stockard Channing in West Wing. Oh, I I didn't know she was on West Wing. She was on it from 1999 until it ended in 2006. Wow. So on it for a while. Um, I didn't watch West Wing, really, so. Me neither. It sounds like the absolute last show I would want to watch ever. Although, now that I know Stockard Channing was in it, maybe I do want to watch it. Rob Lowe as well. Rob Lowe was in it? Mm-hmm. Was Christian Jenner within it? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know either. 
obviously. <laughs> That's why. <laughs> but Stalker Channing, just have to shout her out really quick. Rizzo. I think Stalker Channing as Rizzo is the reason I'm gay today. I am obsessed with her. <laughs> thank thank you. <laughs> thank you, Rizzo. There are worse things I could do, honestly. <laughs> she should have won an Oscar for that performance. It's an iconic performance. She stole every scene she was in. Oh, she's so good. Okay. So she was in that. And then she her her actual big break that kind of made her like quote unquote household name. I think she's a household name. I don't know about y'all. Um she's uh in Mad Men starting in 2007. She plays Peggy. And the show goes for six years. And she got nominated for an Emmy every single season. Five of those was lead act lead actress like category and then randomly one year it was like 2010 i think she was nominated as a supporting actress so maybe her character was not as like prominent in that season she got demoted yeah i've literally seen one episode ever of mad men me too i've seen the pilot i've seen the first episode oh i like saw like the first episode of like season four (laughs) it was so random like my friend she wasn't even like that close of a friend of mine, but she was like a, my best friend's best friend. Um, randomly, like her birthday party was themed Mad Men <laughs> in like a high school or something. And so, did you have to like dress up in a suit, drink some whiskey, and smoke cigarettes? Yes, as a thirteen-year-old, that was what we did. Um, you were thirteen in two thousand ten. I don't know how old I was. <laughs> This was like probably 2008 or 9, 2009. Mm. So I was... Still not 13. Like 16 <laughs> or 17. I don't know. <laughs> don't ask me what, how old I am ever. Never ask a lady her age. <laughs> um, True. So I don't know. This birthday party was randomly Mad Men themed, which like essentially just meant we all hung out and then she forced us all to watch the season premiere of Mad Men. And I think I left. Sounds I riveting. Like, yeah, I was like, I don't know what this show is. And also, like, we're not even that close of friends, so I'm not going to sit and watch it. I was a bitch. Um, and then, so she's been that for a while. She was on a mini series, and she won a Golden Globe for that. I don't know. And then Handmaid's Tale comes out 2017. and That's what really, like, skyrockets her to elite elite of tv actresses i mean that show popped out the cuts and is like so amazing and huge everyone knows handmaid's tale even if you don't watch it you know what it is it's Uh, it's a part of the cultural zeitgeist i'd say think about how many people dressed as handmaids for halloween there was even that scandal where that one halloween costume company did a slutty handmaid's like slutty handmade costume and like everyone got pissed off and they took it off, like took it off their website. Right. Like if you watch the show, it's like pretty insensitive of you yeah. to make handmade slutty. <laughs> it, it's actually pretty awful. Yeah. And like, tone I, deaf as fuck. Like I get a slutty nun and like a slutty Virgin Mary, but like draw the line at a slutty handmaid. Yeah. We're not going so, there. RuPaul. Also used the Handmaid's Tale as a part of, oh my god, last year's All Star season, right? Yes. Uh, oh my gosh, and I didn't watch Handmaid's Tale at that point. 
So I had no idea what the frick was going on. You weren't getting any of the references, huh? Yeah, they kept doing all these Handmaid's Tale references in RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars 2. No, 3. All-Stars 3, yes. How dare I confuse 2 and 3 because 2 was amazing and 3 was shit. Um, And you call yourself a Drag Race fan. (laughs) I am. I stayed up till like 5 a.m. watching this week's episode last night, which is why I'm very unwell right now. Um, so Handmaid's Tale, iconic. Everyone's talking about it. And in proper me fashion, I started it two years late. <laughs> and I literally want to talk about it with everyone. And they're like, okay. Like, yeah, we know. And I was like, yeah. okay, well, don't be a bitch about it. They're like, we're tired of talking about it, right? I'm like, do you guys remember season one, episode four? They're like, from five years ago? No. I was like, okay, it's two years. Um, so she won an Emmy for lead actress this year. I'm pretty sure like literally the entire cast won an Emmy for this because they are also good. And I also looked it up on IMDb and like they did. Hmm. Um, so the show's amazing. If you haven't watched it yet, watch it. Very important show. Takes you places that you don't expect it to go. Give it a couple episodes because it is kind of confusing at first. Or maybe that's just me, but once you're into it, it is bomb. Okay, so that's their careers, essentially. Now y'all know who they are. I know, everyone's like fast-forwarding this part, like, yeah, we got it. We like freaking have own a TV. <laughs> so here's the thing about this. They dated in 2008. October of 2008, they got together. They got married... In October of 2009. So after merely a year of being together, they were married. That's a quick turnaround. Do you know when they got engaged? I do not. It's asking a lot of me. Um, (laughs) Maybe they didn't. Maybe they just got married, like from dating to marriage. Yeah. I don't think you have to get engaged. There's no like law. No, you don't. Um, Which like thinking about it now, it is kind of weird. Like... What's the point of getting engaged? I don't know. It just seems like another excuse to have a party. Basically. Yeah, I'm down for it, but... um, So they get married in October of 2009, and then she files for for divorce in June of 2010. So they were married for only nine months. Wow. So what goes down? Short amount of time. So... This is all happening. Their marriage was like when he was on SNL, she was on Mad Men. So they're both like on very successful shows, having great career moments. She was 27 years old. He was 43. So he is old. He looks really young. He does. He looks very... There's a lot with his looks. And we're not going to get into that because... Yeah, I see what you're saying. His face, he has a young-looking face to me. No, he absolutely looks younger. I was kind of shocked that he's this old. Because um, now he must be in his 50s. Math would say so. Math, math would agree. Math, that checks out. He's <laughs> in his 50s. Um, so, they're married. We gotta get skincare tips from Fred Armisen. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna reach out to him about that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So he was married. They're married. Apparently, he also was married before this. 
for a longer amount of time, from 1998 to 2004. He was married to a musician named Sally Timms. I think she was English or something. English, yes. Um, who he later went on to say that this marriage, that they were mostly just friends, and we made it official more so for her green card. Oh, so he straight admitted it was a green card marriage. Yes, if that says anything about what we're about to get into. Mm. So, like I said earlier, there's not like a scandalous moment in this marriage. The scandal in itself is like how they spoke about the marriage later on in interviews. So a lot of people didn't even know they were married. I didn't. I mean, it was so quick. By the time you probably found out they were married, they weren't married. Exactly. Um, so everyone's kind of like, oh, okay, like, didn't even know that happened. So the main, like, outlook we have on their marriage is not through, like, a moment or, like, a, a tragedy. It's through interviews from the past. So this is what happens. She gets interviewed by page six, which is like a tabloid magazine, I want to say. Yep. But it's like pretty reputable. Reputable? Reputable. Um, Because if it's, well, if it's refutable, that wouldn't be a good thing. But if it's reputable, that'd be a good thing. What's refutable mean? You you could refute it pretty easily, the information. <laughs> I don't know what refute means. Uh, you can disprove or, uh, you know, mm. disagree with the content. Okay. So it's not that. It's the other one. It's reputable. Reputable. Good reputation. Okay. Annoying that they would have pretty much the opposite words have just one letter changed. <laughs> But um, Rye takes on the English language next on Holly Shook. I'm coming for you, Webster's Dictionary. Um, get me a thesaurus. Um, who invented this language? Okay, so she's like in this magazine, and his their marriage gets brought up. So I'm gonna do like quotes. I'm gonna like tell you when it's a quote. Hit us, hit us up with some quotes. All right, so this is a quote from Elizabeth Moss to page six. It's so hard to talk about. One of the greatest things... Also, this is like literally... This is not the quote. Now I'm just talking. Oh, God, this is going to get confusing. Okay, really quickly before I continue with the quote. This is like one of the like most savage things I've ever read. Oh, shit. You know? Okay. <laughs> I'm buckling up now. Maybe I'm hyping it up too much, but I this is what hooked me in when I was like looking up a different a couple different scandals yesterday to decide which one I wanted to do. I read this quote and I was like, okay, I have to. Okay, back to the quote. Quote. It's so hard to talk about. One of the greatest things I heard someone say about him is, and then this is the quote inside of a quote. He's so great at doing impersonations, but the greatest impersonation he does is that of a normal person. <gasps> yeah. Yo, that's the greatest takedown ever. So good. And she's telling this to a magazine. And then continuing the quote now, to me, that sums it up. And I think that's that's it. 
I've never told anyone that, and I don't want to waste any more of my life talking about it. Wow. Bitch. Slay the house down boots. Farewell. My wig is snatched. For real. Fred Armisen has been taken down forever. Farewell. Isn't that so good? I'm trying to process that. He is so great at doing impressions, but the greatest impression he does is that of a normal person. Do you think anyone ever says that about Frank Caliendo? Who's that? He's a great impersonator. Mm, Then probably. (laughs) Okay. She's basically calling him phony, like a total phony. He's putting up a facade in his daily, everyday life. So I wonder if there was, maybe you'll tell me, if there was like a moment, because I know you said this scandal isn't about a moment, but if something went down between them, that made her enlightened to the fact that, oh, wait, this guy is just being fake. He's two-faced. I don't know. This is crazy. Fred Armisen? Even better. It's not even her who admits what happens. It's him who admits what happens. And he kind of opens up about what happened. Um, It's wild. This whole thing just seems so crazy to me because it's like, there's two, like I said, I'm going to focus on like two interviews. They like drag him to hell and he drags himself to hell. Wow. But like people still love him. Like it's not, it hasn't ruined his career or reputation, like, which it shouldn't have to. But, okay, but if he drags himself to hell, that makes me think that he has some self-awareness and he could be okay. reflective, which is actually kind of cool. He does. He does. And I'll get to that. Um, right. Can I ask a quick question? Yes. Do you know uh, where the production of Mad Men was? Because I'm wondering if they didn't spend a lot of time together. If he was in New York for SNL and she was shooting in LA, I just don't know where Mad Men shot. Maybe I could look it up on my phone right now. But maybe they weren't even together that much while they were dating. I remember you were saying when you were starting to explain their relationship, you mentioned that they were both kind of at the peak of their careers, him on SNL, her on Mad Men. Maybe they, they didn't even live together. During this time. Do you know if it was long distance? Right. I assume. I mean, I feel like with a lot of celebrity couples, they have to spend a lot of time apart with their busy schedules, traveling, shooting, long days, blah, blah, blah. I do not have any idea where Mad Man was shot, nor do I know if they live together. Once again, asking very difficult questions. Production location, Los Angeles. So they're on coasts, opposite coasts. Bi-coastal relationship. That that right there sounds off the alarm to me. Red flag, red flag. So a couple more quotes real quick from Elizabeth Moss. And then from there, I'm kind of going to focus more on um, Fred Armisen's reactions. So then in a separate interview, she got interviewed again for New York Magazine. Um. I think a year after her initial quote that I just said. But once again, could have been the next day. So she goes, looking back, I feel like I was really young. And at the time, I didn't think that I was that young. The whole thing was extremely traumatic and awful and horrible. At the same time, it turned out for the best. I'm glad that I, I'm glad that I'm not there. I'm glad that it didn't happen when I was 50. I'm glad I didn't have kids and I got that out of the way. 
hopefully, like that's probably not going to happen again. So wow, traumatic. Yeah. So she like literally was like, this thing whole relationship fucked me up. I was like young and you know didn't know what I was doing and. But now, like, looking back on it, she's like, thank God that we didn't get further into it. You know, a lot of people say that when they're in a relationship, they get married, you know, at least they realize it's not supposed to be before they have kids and they have all these other things that tie them together because they essentially just split it off, don't have to be in each other's lives anymore. So it's kind of sad. I feel bad for her because she seems like just such a sweet lady. And such a badass. All her roles she plays, she's always so fucking badass. By the one role that I've seen her in. <laughs> I, <laughs> in all the roles I've ever seen her, the one, she's a badass. I'm just assuming that she's badass in everything she does. From what I heard, her role on Mad Men, she was pretty hardcore. So that all goes down. She's like public about it, but she's not like running around like, dragging his name through the mud, you know, not trying to, like, get attention from this, basically. She's probably being asked about it in interviews, and she's giving her answers, right? She's not offering it up. Right. So she, from what I saw, there's only those two interviews that she's ever really talked about it in. And even ends one of them with saying, like, that's all I'm going to say about it. I don't want to waste any more of my life talking about this. Thank you, next. Bye. Um, And for Fred, I'm so thankful. And for Fred, I'm so thankful. We actually got married, and it was traumatic. Nope. Not a songwriter, unfortunately. And he was not an angel. Um, so, <laughs> sorry, no. Ariana. Yeah, we just butchered that song. So, so, so sorry, Ari. Sorry, Ari. Um, about a year later, um, Fred Armisen is on... Howard Stern's talk show. I'm assuming it's a Sirius XM show. And Howard Stern, as we know, is like, just says it like it is. Howard Stern is getting his own Holly Shook episode for sure. Oh, absolutely. Um, My dad, like, is obsessed with Howard Stern. I love that. It's so random. He'll, like, call me and be like, anytime there's a comedian on Howard Stern, he'll be like, well, you know, the comedian on Howard Stern said that this is how they became successful, and so you should try that. I'm like, thank you for the step-by-step playbook on how to become a successful comedian father. <laughs> um, I love my dad. He's very supportive. <laughs> but he loves telling me what he heard on Howard Stern. And I'm like, okay, well, where were you when Fred Armisen was on Howard Stern? Because I could have used this information a long time ago. Um, so he's on Howard Stern. Of course, the Elizabeth Moss topic gets brought up. And literally, Howard Stern goes, well, she must fucking hate you. Mm. Fred Armisen, I imagine so. Howard Stern, you must have been a terrible husband. I love how direct Howard Stern is. He is so vicious. Fred Armisen, I think I was a terrible husband. I think I'm a terrible boyfriend, too. So he's like, I'm... I was. She hates me. She has every right to hate me. It's actually kind of sad, Rye. It is kind of sad. I don't know. I have, like, this weird, like, reaction to this whole thing because I'm, like, I I have more quotes from this interview to tell you guys. Mm -hmm. 
um, because it's kind of gross, like his reaction on this whole thing. But then it also is kind of sad too, because he kind of, like we said, like has self awareness about it. But he he doesn't come off as like sorry mm. about how he he treats like women. But he knows that he's not necessarily like a gentleman and a scholar about it. He's like, I know I'm a douche, but I'm not actually apologetic for it. So there's like no real contrition. Right. It's kind of, I don't know. It's like back and forth. Mm. So I, I I don't know what question was asked, but like essentially he was like, so you know, you're bad at being a boyfriend and husband. So like, why? Like, what, what do you think you're so bad at essentially? And he goes, end quote, I want it all fast. I want to be married. The amount of girls I've lived with right away, and then somewhere around a year, maybe two years, I get freaked out. I get freaked out emotionally, and I actually feel like I wake up one day and say, oh my God, who is this stranger in my house? Hmm. So if you guys have heard the term like U-Haul lesbians, (laughs) I was explaining this to... um, one of my friends yesterday, a U-Haul lesbian is like, you know, two girls dating each other and they like move in right away. Like they start dating and they call the U-Haul to pack each other's stuff and like go into the same apartment. I don't think I've ever heard that term. It's just a stupid stereotype and I shouldn't be reinforcing stereotypes about gay people, but you know, here I am a fucking walking stereotype anyway. So, (laughs) um, so he kind of reminds me of like a U-Haul lesbian where he's like, I want everything right away. I want like the emotional relationship. I want the marriage. I want the union with this person. I want to live with them. Like he wants to, you know, he falls and he falls hard and he falls fast. You know, what's interesting. She described him as an impersonator in real life. He describes her as a stranger. Right. But it's not just specific to her. It's every girlfriend. He feels like eventually becomes a stranger to him. Right. And he says, he's kind of like, it's the same thing every time. Um, So Howard Stern was like, so how do you like take yourself away from it? If you're like really, like you're married to this person, how do you get to that point where you realize that it's not working? And he essentially explained, he's like, I'm pretty passive aggressive about it. Mm -hmm. And he said, you sort of withdraw and you sort of get into all the things that you think make you weird. And he said, I should probably go back to therapy. Like I'm really into playing Xbox or my record collection. You sort of just disappear into the things that you think are your hobbies. So he's essentially like explaining that he never like addresses it. And from other things I read that I'll kind of touch on, He's like, I don't ever tell the person that I don't want to be with them anymore. I kind of just start like distancing myself like slowly but surely and like ignoring them and putting my energy and my focus into other things until like they get the picture basically, which is like why she filed for divorce, like not him. And like, it just is so weird. And he's like, I should probably go back to therapy. I'm like, yeah. He (laughs) just withdraws mentally mm-hmm. emotionally puts up this wall and yeah i mean this this is a familiar story for sure he asked another quote that says 
I feel bad for everyone I've gone out with. So he just knows that he's like not a good person to be with. So it seems like he's afraid of confrontation too. Yeah, which not to like also gender stereotype, but like be a man about it and like say that you're not into it anymore and like face those consequences and those repercussions. Like they, you know, everyone who you're with, anyone in any situation deserves to be told what's going on and, you know, get a sense of closure, I guess. And it seems like there's a lot of people who talk about their relationships with him in a very negative way online, on social media. I'll get into it a little bit. Um, And all of them literally are like, he literally like draws you in and then tosses you out like your yesterday's lunch. Like he never explains it. He never, you know, gives people a reason. He just like cuts it off. And there's everyone knows like strong communication is one of, if not the most important element to a good relationship. Right. And even if it's not a good relationship, like if you're not into it anymore, they deserve, like the person you're with deserves to at least be told and be aware, I guess, so that they can also focus on themselves. And if you're just going to start withdrawing, then this, the other person you're with is like still putting effort and energy into a relationship that's not going anywhere. It's a whole thing. But also you can't work on it. Like, let's say it's not that he's totally not into it anymore, but he's feeling like there are certain things that he doesn't like about the relationship. So he's like, instead of fixing it, I'm going to torpedo it. Well, there's an opportunity to work on the relationship. No relationship is perfect. That's the secret. Shocker, breaking news. (laughs) But like, I also just feel like he, the sense I'm getting is that he doesn't want to fix a lot of his relationships. He does. He just wants to them to be over. Right. No, exactly. But you're not even giving it a chance is what I'm saying. Right. I don't know. The whole thing's just weird. Um, he's kind of been known to be like a serial dater. Um, having, he said he has had some infidelity in his relationships and Howard Stern. This is the last little quote from the Howard Stern interview. Um, Howard Stern said, do you feel entitled to more women? And Fred Armisen's response is, I don't want to admit that out loud to myself, but that probably is it. So he literally feels like he is owed multiple women and deserves and is entitled to multiple women. That's a rough quote. Boo. That's a rough quote. Gross. That really changes the way I look at Fred Armisen. Yeah, it's like so weird. Like You're not entitled to shit, dude. And I don't want to admit that out loud to myself, is what he says. I'm like, oh, God. It's just, it makes me, like, feel gross and have the heebie-jeebies. So I guess I'm not watching Portlandia. 30 minutes ago. I would love to, like, binge watch all his his IMDb. I'm like, "Mm, maybe not. (laughs) Um, I may need a little break after this podcast to, uh, (laughs) to be able to revisit Fred Armisen's work. Yeah, it's it's rough. I mean, there's a lot worse things that people have done, but it is really it is really gross and sad. So, like I said earlier, there's 
this is the only like refutable. No, <laughs> reputable. <laughs> this is like the main reputable like example where it's like celebrity came out, said it. He agreed. This is what happened. Like no questions asked, like proven to a point. But there are a ton of message boards and blogs, a lot of um, them being on the music scene, like in the music scene about Fred Armisen and women that he slept with, women that he's dated, who are not celebrities. Um, Yeah, I can imagine he's touring around the country. He could be just being in a sleazeball in in every stop, you know? And it seems like he has. So before the whole Elizabeth Moss thing, there had been a lot of stuff online about him. But, you know, anyone can hide behind a keyboard and say anything. Um, Not to say that we shouldn't believe, like, a lot of people's, like, accusations, but there's no cold, hard proof. And anyone can log onto a message board and create an account and say anything, whether it's true or not, whether they you know, are angry and over-exaggerating. You never know. But it's been kind of like mumblings for years about him. You know, a lot of people have posted essentially saying he uses his like celebrity status to get people to fall for him. And a lot of people say like, he made me feel so special. He made me feel like he actually cared about me. But it was soon very clear that he was just, trying to get me in bed with him and just trying to sleep together and then dispose of them like the next day. Or some people are like, he would, every time he came into town or I came into town, like if we were in the same city, we would like get together and he would like make it seem like we were dating or like we had like a special connection only to like then be ghosted and like totally cut off. A lot of people call him a womanizer a lot of people call him a sociopath. Um, yeah, could be. Lots of them say that he only wants serious relationships with other celebrities, but he seeks out and goes out of his way to date quote unquote normal girls in between his celebrity relationships. Because, as you know, clearly a celebrity relationship is going to be more public and a lot more talked about. Whereas if he just dates a quote unquote normal girl and then disposes of them, it's like nobody's going to even think twice or like notice that he dated them and ditched them basically. There won't be page six interviews with them. Yeah. Like no one's like going, the tabloids are not seeking out like the random girl who was at his concert. Um, Although they all... (laughs) find each other online and have pages on pages. I read literal pages on pages of like comments from people about stuff he's done. A lot of people throwing out, you know, accusations of him giving them STDs. I did see one or two about getting pregnant from him and him just absolutely ignoring them, which is still to say, you know, don't know what what is true and what's not. None of that's really verifiable. Yeah, but when there's so when there's so many accusations that are like similar, it's hard to believe that like none of them are true. Right. Um, so then there's this artist, her name is Alice Lannister. She's a painter. Um, 
And she released in 2004 a painting. It's an abstract painting. And the title is Portrait of a Sociopath. And it's abstract, but it is clearly a picture of Fred Armisen. There's his, you know, staple square glasses. And like we were saying earlier, he has a very distinct look. Like, he doesn't look like anyone, any other celebrity, really. And it's very clear that this painting is a portrait of Fred Armisen, Hmm. titled A Portrait of a Sociopath. Fascinating. Yeah, a lot of different accusations. A lot of people who very much do not like him and are angry with how they, how he treated them. Um, you know, Elizabeth Moss just kind of was the one celebrity who was able to voice her opinion on it and kind of like get it out there, I guess, in a more verifiable way. And and get him to respond to it. And get him to respond to it and kind of own up to it. Um, Otherwise. Would he have ever said the things he said at the Howard Stern show? Right. Probably not. Probably not. So, in a, like I said earlier, a lot of this grosses me out and it makes me feel very weird. But a little bit, a lot of it also is kind of sad. Um, So, as we know, and it's kind of like plot twisty, but not really, but a lot of people who act this way and treat people this way are have some type of mental instability or some type of, you know, disease, I guess you could call it. Um, And he has admitted that he is a sex addict, which is an addiction. And it's something that, you know, people don't have control over, just like an addiction to drugs, alcohol, whatever. Um, we did an earlier Holly shook on a sex addict, Tiger Woods. Exactly. It's a it's a thing. Um, and he has admitted to it. So another quote he has, um, he says, it's like cheating and infidelity. I'm neither ashamed or proud of it. It's just something that happens in my life. This struggle that I have being a sex addict, I don't have a choice. It could be a lot worse. I could be dead. So he's like not proud or ashamed of it. It's hard because it's like, yeah, it really fucks up a lot of people's lives. But he's like, it's also fucked up my life. Like, this is not a choice. This is just how I am. And Is he working on it? Has I he gone to therapy or has he gone to rehab? He said he wants to go back to therapy. So he did at one point. I didn't see anything about rehab. Um... And then another thing with intimacy, he said, I have a problem with intimacy where all of a sudden there's a real person there. Something happens in me. It's almost like amnesia. It's almost like uh, waking up and going, where am I? Who is this person? Why is this person looking at me directly in the eye and having a conversation with me? Hmm. So he's like, I can sleep with people and I can like, which I assume is something that happened with Elizabeth Moss where you feel he feels this connection to someone and then one day just like wakes up and is like, who are you? Why are you trying to be close to me? Um, the sex addiction so- kind of explains his behavior in trying anything he can to get women in bed. Maybe he's not a sociopath, right? Like you said, maybe he just has these uh, mental issues that he has to work through, like sex addiction. And if you have that, it doesn't mean you're a sociopath. Because you could be empathetic 
and not want to hurt someone and not want to deceive them and do all these things to get them in bed, but the addiction supersedes that. Yeah, and it's not as simple as just saying, like, I'm going to stop. Like, he has to, like he has said, to work, work on it. Yeah, and I don't know if he is or not, but it does explain his behavior a little bit more, and I saved that till the end because I found it out <laughs> at the end of my research, and I kind of changed my view on everything I had read before, not to, like, excuse anything because... You know, just like with the drug addiction, like, yeah, you can be like, okay, I know that this is like hard for you, but it doesn't necessarily like excuse your actions. Um, so the way I look it, at it is that he's aware of it and he has all the resources in the world to treat it. So yeah. I'd hope he would do that as opposed to continuing his ways, right? Because yeah. not everyone has the access to healthcare that he has he could get all the help he could go to rehab he could get the best people surrounding him the best therapists so I think it would really depend on whether he's trying to work on himself because if he's not then that's not a great thing right and to tie that up a little bit um I looked into like their relationships post each other and so after Armisen and Elizabeth Moss dated and broke up and were married and broke up, um, he started dating his co-star on SNL. Her name was Abby Elliott, who was only 24 at the time. Um, she was only on the show for a couple seasons. And um, they broke up like after a little bit. But they both claim that they're still friends and they actually had a very mutual breakup. It was all scheduling differences they didn't they weren't able to spend time together and they both have said it was mutual and we are still friends and he said I mostly we mostly got together because I found comfort in Abby Elliott after breaking up with Moss so he may have started that relationship for like weird reasons but it seems like they ended it on good terms which is a good thing um, and I also think I knew this but maybe I didn't know this He's been dating Natasha Leone, who is most recently famous for Orange is the New Black, um, since 2014. So they've been together, and they're still together. So they've been together for like four years now. They're not very, pu they are public, but they're not like in the tabloids. There's no drama really with them. And based on his past relationships, four years seems pretty legit. So maybe Freddie Arm's on the right track. So he might be on the right track. So... That is a good thing. Do you like Freddie Arm? I was choosing to ignore the uses of, of Freddie Arm. Not going to let that one come up again. <laughs> I'm just glad I got to hear it come out of your mouth. Yeah, I did say it. <laughs> um, and I hope he's going being good because I love Tashi Lee Lee. Natasha Leone, I love her in Orange is the New Black and other things. I've seen her in multiple things, and I can't remember um, what it is now. She was on a podcast. I think she was on RuPaul's podcast, I want to say, and it was hilarious. I was dying, dying, dying. She's so funny. Well, good for them. It, it sounds like he's in a better place. Yeah. I'm hoping so. I'm hoping it's he's turned a new leaf and has worked on it, and 
I want to say that maybe this whole like thing with Elizabeth Moss and like her calling him out and then him like also owning up to it publicly and like, you know, because sometimes that does help if you're able to just take responsibility for your actions, own up to it, especially on a public, in the public eye, that could kind of hold you more accountable. So maybe he is working on it. It's hard to say. Um, We'll have to like see what happens with him and Tashi. Um, (laughs) Tashi Wheelie. Tashi Tash Lilo. Not the same thing. Um, Okay, so Elizabeth Moss is single. She, I don't think she's really dated anyone super serious since. Um, But also maybe she has. But um, a more recent thing, she was caught making out with a mystery man in front of a New York City bar this summer but they haven't been seen together since. So she was probably drunk and made out with a rando, which like, yes, girl, get it. <laughs> um, she's quoted as saying, I'm just very focused on my work right now. So it's difficult to find the time to give yourself to somebody, which like fair. She's on this huge freaking show, slaying the game, winning awards, being iconic. She's like, I don't need no man. And she could get and, butt like, anytime she wants. She can get butt at a random bar. Uh, in New York City, and like, also, if you watch The Handmaid's Tale, like, fuck men, I wouldn't don't blame her. So yeah, she's probably like, fuck it, I'm gonna like win awards and be on the hottest television show on planet Earth, and like, not gonna even worry about it. Um, when asked about getting married, she said, "I have nothing against getting married again, but what I value even more now is the relationship itself. It's been eight years. I'm older, and I'm hopefully wiser." I'm a romantic, so I love weddings, but I also don't think you need a wedding to have a long-lasting, healthy relationship. Some of the relationships I know that have lasted the longest are the ones that didn't get married. So, yeah, she. this scandal made me not hate Fred Armisen, but have a different view on him. It definitely and, changes the way I look at him, for sure. Yes. There's um, a lot more context, a lot more color to that now. A lot more than his weird impersonations. But honestly, Elizabeth Moss is fucking badass. And she plays badasses on TV. She is one in real life. She's calling out men and dragging them through the mud. And I love it. And she's so great. And yeah, this was like so random, like I told you. Was it it so random? It really was. I'll give it to you. This was very random. I would have never thought Fred Armisen was a serial womanizer and a sociopath potentially, but actually had a sex addiction. I don't know. You were right when you said that there were a couple plot twists in this one. I was living for plot twists. You guys know I love a plot twist. And I feel like this podcast had twists, turns, character development, mm-hmm. plot twists, social implications, international implications. Um, mm, so many international implications. This was <laughs> the most global podcast we've had. Yes. We crossed borders, California, New York, like a whole thing. Um, and Portland. Oregon. Portland, yeah. Um, and yeah, I just like being a scholar and um, just an intellectual that I am, I felt like I really like dove deep into this. And I also learned some new words. You did. We did learn new words. Would you like to remind the listeners what the difference is between refutable <laughs> and reputable? Um, I would not like to remind them because I honestly forgot, but you guys can rewind a little bit and just go through that segment again. I don't care. I've already moved on from it. Um, and that is a fact, but yeah, so that's my scandal. Yes. Scandals. 
Thank you guys so much for listening. And thank, thank you, you Rye, for doing this. That was an epic scandal. Oh, thank you so much. Um, I felt the pressure and I feel like I was refutable in this. So You delivered. Thank you. Thanks for listening, guys. Follow us on our new Instagram. We have our own Instagram account now. Um, Holly Shook Pod. Yep, at Holly Shook Pod. On Twitter Holly- and Instagram. Twitter and Instagram at Holly Shook Pod. Follow us, um, subscribe, rate, review, all of that jazz. Thank you guys so much for listening. We appreciate it. Hope you guys had as much fun as we did. And now we're going to go rest our sick, decrepit bodies and feel better, hopefully. Bye. Bye.